Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Wednesday, May 17th, 2023 in the Gregorian calendar and the 26th of ER, 5783 in the Hebrew calendar. Now, let's get to the news. Extensive security preparations are underway as thousands of Israeli police officers are set to protect participants in the controversial Jerusalem flag march, which commemorates Jerusalem Day. In Hebrew, it is Yom Yerushalayim. The march is expected to draw tens of thousands of people, and there are concerns about potential violence as tensions rise ahead of a planned mass ascension of Jews to the Temple Mount slash Al-Aqsa Mosque compound, where Jewish Temple Mount activists hope to break the record for daily visitors. Palestinian organizations have called on their followers to protect the mosque, and the police have issued restraining orders to calm tensions. The U.S. is calling for calm and restraint ahead of the parade through Jerusalem's Old City, where tens of thousands of Jewish Israelis are expected to march through Jerusalem to celebrate Israel's capture of the city in 1967 at the tail end of the Six-Day War. Each of the days, another city within Israel was captured and brought into the fold, so that's what's happening this week in essence and memory. The contentious part is that the march is scheduled to cross through the old city's Muslim quarter with Jews waving Israeli flags. This ruffles the feathers of the Muslim locals. The annual Jerusalem Day March has a history of tension and incidents of hate speech and violence around Palestinians. But it was not always that way. It has become that way in recent years. That is according to my estimations as someone who once participated in the march out of fun and love for Israel. It's a big, joyous day. It has become highly politicized in the last few years. In fact, just a couple of years back, Hamas sent rockets that rained down on marchers while they were at the parade. Haaretz reports that prior to 2020, protesters who chanted inciting chants on their way through the march were removed by organizers. Apparently, that kind of behavior has been tolerated more and more over the years. The U.S. State Department spokesperson emphasized the right to peaceful expression while urging all parties to refrain from actions that could escalate tensions. Far-right lawmakers, including National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gavir, are expected to attend the march, adding to concerns about exacerbating tensions. Security measures will be in place, and there are concerns about potential disruptions of rocket fire coming from the Gaza Strip, since that is something that Palestinian terror groups have been threatening. A sizable delegation of Israeli government officials are scheduled to participate in the annual Salute to Israel Parade in New York City. This year marks the highest number of Israeli government officials joining the event. The parade, organized by the United Jewish Appeal, or UJA, holds great significance on the Jewish calendar and attracts hundreds of thousands of attendees every year. I myself have gone a number of times with my family and friends in New York, 
Notable ministers like Nir Barkat, who was the Jerusalem mayor for 10 years until 2018, Gila Gamliel, Amichai Chikli, and a number of others are expected to participate. However, Defense Minister Yoav Gallant has decided to cancel his trip for unknown or unreported reasons. The Israeli consulate in New York faces challenges in hosting the nine ministers, including security and logistics complexities, as potential protests regarding the judicial overhaul have become a concern. If you have not been listening here at the Israel Daily News podcast, Israel has been erupting in protest over an overhaul of the judicial system. This has been in conversation since January. Most people are wildly unhappy about the laws moving through parliament, which aim to reduce the power of Israel's Supreme Court while strengthening the coalition's input. However, supporters of this measure say that it is intended to make things more democratic. Ayman Odeh, chairman of the left-wing Arab and Jewish party Khadash, has announced that he will not run in the next Knesset elections. Odeh will continue to serve as a member of Knesset, or MK, until the end of his current term. The decision was made due to party rules that would limit his eligibility for re-election. Odeh stated on Twitter that he made the difficult decision in order to take a step back and consider the bigger picture, and he will remain active in fighting for peace, security, equality, and democracy. The leading candidate to replace Odeh in the next elections is former lawmaker Dr. Yusuf Jabarin. Do you remember we reported last month that a Jordanian lawmaker had been detained in Israel for trying to smuggle weapons into the West Bank? Well, Imad al-Adwan has been formally indicted and charged. He appeared before a judge in Amman, Jordan, today, so that's Wednesday. The indictment accuses him of threatening national security by attempting to smuggle weapons and gold. Israel released al-Adwan last week following diplomatic pressure from Jordan after completing their investigation and determining there was no justification to keep him in custody. He was arrested at the Allenby Crossing, or the King Hussein Crossing, depending on who you ask. It is the border of the West Bank and Jordan on April 22nd. That's when it happened. And a search of his car uncovered 12 rifles and 194 handguns. There were also a number of separate arrests in the West Bank in connection to this smuggling operation. Al-Adwan is alleged to have conducted multiple smuggling operations using his diplomatic passport. I want to thank all of you for your interest in Israeli affairs. Israeli politics are world politics. And thank you to those of you who are joining us on Patreon for the Israel Daily News Roundtable, which is a group that I've opened. We're getting together, about 10 to 12 of us. We're going to break down and discuss the news on a monthly basis. With the latest news, I'm sure that we're going to have plenty to discuss on Zoom, especially Operation Shield and Arrow, which I know a lot of you have things to say about. If you have not signed up for this and you wish to sign up for our roundtable discussion, you can head over to patreon.com backslash Shanafold. I'll be setting up a session for our Israel Daily News community to come together, share their feelings, ask questions, and talk about the news. Thank you so much to all of you who personally finance and fund the Israel Daily News podcast.
I would not be able to financially or emotionally continue without your support. I want to thank all of you and I want to encourage you that there are many other ways that you can support us. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Two, you can share the show with a friend. Three, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at IsraelDaily.News as well as Shanna Fold. That's my personal Instagram. And my name has two N's in it and I'm very sensitive about that. You can also find us on Twitter at Israel Podcast. Israeli mountain climber Danielle Wolfson, the first woman from Israel to reach the peak of Mount Everest, was injured while attempting to climb Mount Makalu. She and her guide became separated from the group during a change of weather and found themselves in a dangerous situation around 120 meters short of the summit. They activated a distress signal and a rescue party was then dispatched. After a challenging road down, they reached Camp 3 where they got aid from the rescue team. Wolfson suffered snow blindness in one eye and frostbite in three of her fingers. She has been airlifted to the Nepalese city of Kathmandu for medical treatment. An impressive financial record from 2,000 years ago has been discovered on a fragment of a tablet during archaeological excavations near the old city of Jerusalem. The stone contains seven rows of Hebrew writing and numbers, likely serving as a receipt or payment instruction during the Second Temple period when this place was filled with Jews back 2,000 years ago. The inscription ends with the name Shimon and the Hebrew letters Mem and Resh, indicating the value of coins. Similar inscriptions have been found in the past, suggesting that they were connected to payment transactions. The finding was unearthed along the pilgrimage route to ancient Jerusalem and offers insights into the daily lives of people from that time. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Wednesday, May 17th, 2023. Tel Aviv has a low of 20 degrees Celsius and a high of 29 degrees. That's 68 degrees Fahrenheit for the low going up to 85 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News Podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. You can sign up for that at israeldaily.news. I'll send you off with a song called Ve'im Tavo'i Elai by Idan Reichel and Trip L, a local DJ I like to highlight. He performs here in Tel Aviv and is great fun. Enjoy this mix. Have a great and productive day. Yeah.
רגע. הרי חיכית לי ואני תמיד חיכיתי לך, והנה היום הזה הגיע. עכשיו מבטיח שאף פעם לא תהיי לבד, ואם פתאום תעלמי, אחכה כל הלילה, ואלחש בתפילה, שאלייך תצא לי. ואם תבואי 